Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkits Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Doing good. Doing alright. Had a had an okay day. Uh, what have you been playing in the last week or so? Haven't really been playing a whole lot. I'm prepping to do a move, uh, so that's been taking up a lot of my time. I also got a notification that there's going to be a massive patch update to Medieval Dynasty, the game that I have been playing. Uh, they're going right. from patch 0.6 to patch 1.0. So they're doing their first full alpha launch release. Uh, so I don't see the need to put any more time into the game for now because I'm guessing that the, the save's not going to be compatible with the update because of all the changes they're hinting at they're making. Um, outside of that, you know, it's just it's just been a busy, busy week and haven't had a chance to get any games in. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, did you ever finish uh, um, Yakuza? Every now and then I'll fire it up and I'll try the boss battle and I'll get pretty decently done into it. Uh-huh. And then something will happen and then a, a totally not accidental you know, combo hit will take out the main character. And then when they take out the main character, um, they it's game over. It's not like the other RPGs where the a character goes down and then you can revive him later or whatever. It's just, nope, this character gone, start over. Okay. I forgot that you were stuck you were stuck on a boss fight, weren't you? Yeah. So I forgot that that was the situation. Um Yeah, I right, for me I've uh I try I talked about a few things on Geek Town that I'm gonna talk about here as well. I tried uh Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. I think I mentioned last week I sort of dipped into it for like literally twenty minutes or so. Um, after we did the podcast, I was, like, more curious and all that sort of stuff, so I, um, went back, like, as soon as I posted the episode last week, uh, played, like, a full match of Search and Destroy, there is no cyber attack on, uh, Cold War, because as I've mentioned a few times before, uh, cyber attack is what I mainly play on, uh, on Modern Warfare, uh, it's just not good, it just doesn't feel like a good, a good game to play. Uh, the RPGs, which is a main weapon that I use, feel very weird to use. Um, they don't blow up vehicles. Like, if you try to blow up vehicles, it just doesn't do it. It's very, very strange. Um, it's it's funny, because if you look at something like Battlefield, and then you look at something like Call of Duty, Call of Duty is clearly the more arcade type game. But Black Ops Cold War makes it feel more arcade uh, to the point where it's a bit like, okay, this doesn't feel like, like... It's still very much grounded war, which is what I talked about before, like boots on the ground type of thing. But it just doesn't feel good to, to play. So obviously I was renting that anyway. <clears throat> so I just I just sent it back. I was like, no, I'm not going to be playing any of this. Um, the strange thing was a lot of people told me that there's a prestige mode on the game, and there isn't. It's, the, it's like, because I logged in... Um, to my Black Ops Cold War, and I was the same rank that I am on Modern Warfare because the two games are linked basically. Um, and mm-hmm. like all the guns were unlocked, the attachments weren't, but the guns were. Uh, I could pretty much pick from any perks that I wanted to, didn't have to unlock any of those. Maybe that's them trying to sort of like synchronize it so that you've got the option of which game and you cross over your rank. Um, 
oddly enough, uh, speaking of the whole like cross progression things, I remember when they said they were going to start doing that, and I was confused as to how that would work, considering you've got two different games in two different time periods, with different maps and different guns. Um, there's a new submachine gun that's popped up in Modern Warfare, and usually, you know, if I'm watching my friend play it because I'm dead and I'm spectating. I usually know what gun they're using because I'm familiar with all the guns. One of my friends was using this gun and I went, hang on a second, I've never seen it before. What gu- what gun is that? Like, how'd you get it? And he said, oh, I unlocked it in Cold War. Um, but, but you can also unlock it in Modern Warfare. So I guess that's the first gun that's a crossover um, progression thing. Because he said, I unlocked it in Cold War and he can use it in both games. Um... Which I found very, very kind of interesting. But it's good to know that, you know, now now that I've sent Cold War back, I can unlock that gun in Modern Warfare. It's pretty easy to do. You basically need, what is it? I think it's two long shots with a submachine gun in five different matches. And I've done two of those so far. Um, so, yeah. But uh, that was quite interesting. But no, it just didn't, just didn't feel like a good game to play. Um, it didn't, uh, oddly enough, you know when they say like, hey, it's a beta, don't judge a beta or whatever, because it's obviously still in development. I remember playing the beta last year for Cold War, and thinking back to what the game felt like then, and what it feels like now, it doesn't feel that much different. Um, so, uh, just just a just a big sort of, bit, big bit of a sort of dud for uh, Call of Duty in that situation. But hey, I've still got Modern Warfare, so I just went straight back to that and carried on anyway, so... There we go. Um, we'll talk about Call of Duty Vanguard here in a bit in uh, in the news section when we get to that. Um, still been playing through Cyberpunk as well. I've streamed. Um, hang on a sec. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I've been stre- streamed about two hours in the last two days or so. I've been slightly more strapped for time than what I wanted to be. Um, made a lot of progress with uh, Pan Am. I'm not going to spoil my own sort of story progress because I did stream it and you can watch the. Um, streams that I'm going to put up later uh, but made a lot of progress with that character and uh, there's something I've noticed that the game is doing which I really like actually which is I've got my main story quest which is with is his name Takamura I think his name is I think that's the guy's name he's like one of the main people in the in the main story and I've got like a main quest with him which is more based in the actual the main plot of the game then I've got like this side stuff with Judy, and then I've got this side stuff with Pan Am. And even though the Pan Am stuff and the Judy uh, quests don't feed directly into the main plot, they feel a bit like sort of side main missions, if that makes sense. Like they're, they're listed as side missions, but they don't completely feel like their own thing. They feel like they're sort of. I mean, just for an example, there's stuff with like, you know, Johnny Silverhand. There's stuff with him that's being addressed in the Pan Am and Judy stuff, where and it feels quite important. So I like the way the game's kind of doing that, and I I don't usually like having the game split like that, I suppose. Uh, but I'm literally jumping from one of those quests to the other, and it and it's like you know very well kind of uh, paced and stuff, to it, so it's going quite well. Uh, one thing I will say on the about the stream that I was doing earlier, um, I found a supercar. And I didn't have to pay for it, and I can keep it because some t- if you break into like a vehicle on the street, you can't keep it in Cyberpunk, which is very annoying. But uh, it's just kind of the way that it is. Um, so I was doing this this bit where because um, you're out in the when, when you do missions with Pan Am, you're out in the Badlands, like the wasteland sort of thing, which I think is also where Alana Pierce's 
uh, side quests or, or her, her side quest mission is as well which I need to find that one because I want to do that um, and the fast the fast travel thing wasn't working for some reason I can't work out why it wasn't working so I thought okay I'm going to get in this car and just drive back and then the waypoint marker took me to the underground thing I'm not entirely sure why but it worked out in the end and then as I was driving through there was this little car icon that popped up in this little like shed type of thing looked like someone's sort of shack or something and then I parked the other car next to it and I was like oh there's a car in here because I could see the car icon and I got in the car and it's this like supercar that's just sitting there so just a bit of advice to anybody that's playing the game um, if you go near to the Badlands where uh, Pan Am's base is if you can find the underground bit there which you do actually do a mission with her in in that place if you go slightly further through the, uh, I mean, there's only kind of one way to drive in and out of that place, so you're not really going to miss it. Uh, there's a little shack that, well, it should be there for everybody's game. There's a little shack that's sort of sitting there, and um, you could pick up a supercar, assuming it's going to be there in everybody's game. There's also some, like, components and things like that, so that was kind of a, a nice surprise. Um, did you know about that at all? Like, have you had you played that part or, or anything? No, I mean, I got past the end of what you would consider the first third-ish of the game to where you get to start to interact with Johnny Silverhand, but okay. I never really went past that point, so. Okay, um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a fair way sort of into the game now, uh, but that was just kind of a nice thing to find. I was like, cause it's funny because I started off the stream and I was like, okay, I'm going to try and buy a new vehicle. I had, I think it was $16,000, and every, like some of the vehicles were too expensive, a couple of them I could afford, I went over to them and they were like really ugly. I was like, I'm not buying that. And then I just found one later anyway. So <laughs> I guess I I have no reason to buy a vehicle now in the in the game because I've got a bike that I really like and I've got a car that I like. So why would I buy something else? Um, but I guess that worked out pretty well. But I can now spend more money at like the Ripper Docks and stuff because uh, I still want to get like the grenade launcher things from your arm, which I've seen. There's also like a thing you can do with fire, which looks really cool. Because at the moment I do have the Mantis blades, but I want um some more stuff so um yeah i'm i'm really enjoying my uh my time with it at the moment uh there was a uh, i admit there was a couple of weird glitches that did happen on stream so the video evidence i suppose is there um had a couple of glitches for the first time uh one was when you like drop down slightly from an area like a, a little ledge and you die straight away but then i just loaded the save and it was fine um i'm not trying to brush the glitches off they're just not massive or game breaking or anything um, but that was that was the first time that that actually happened to me anyway. Um, but I've still yet to see any Tipos characters anywhere. Uh, unless there's been one next to me and I've just run past him. Because I do run around quite a lot um, in the uh, in the open world. So, but uh, but there we go. Um, I feel like I've sort of, I, I feel like there's like a more buggy version of the game that I could have got which would be more in line with what I've seen in several YouTube videos but my game has been like a slightly better version of that which is weird considering I'm on a base PS4 which uh, didn't Sony themselves say like hey Cyberpunk's back on the PlayStation Store but you shouldn't play it on the base PS4 so I don't know I guess I just got a little bit lucky with that maybe I'm not sure well they they said it wasn't optimized for base yeah. playstation 4. yeah like we don't recommend you try it on that so what were you what were you playing on when you when you played it uh one s the one s okay because i think the the one s one x 
and then Series S and X are fine. And then the PS4 Pro and PS5 are the ones that are advised to play on, obviously, PC. So, I think it's just Xbox One and PlayStation 4 base versions that aren't advised. Um, But then again, if you play the game on Stadia, it could cut out any moment. So, (laughs) that's also a bad version of the game to play, I guess. Um, But yeah, I've been massively uh, kind of enjoying that and stuff. And uh, I just wanted a bit more time today to play a bit more of it. So, uh, hopefully, um, some point soon, we shall see. Um... Is that everything I've been playing? I've been playing Crash 4 with my dad as well. We played a couple of levels. I spoke about that on Geek Town as well. Uh, we're just doing this like pass and play feature, which is like, okay, you, you start the game, uh, player one starts, and then once you die, um, you pass it over to the... It's pretty simple. You just pass it over to the other person. Uh, but if you've got like a checkpoint box, it starts from there, and it counts like how many times each player died and who got the most boxes and that kind of stuff. So Or, or the most Wampa Fruit, I think it is. Um, so that's been that's been fun as well. We didn't play it for like massively long, but um, that was pretty good to do as well. So it was interesting. That was a very interesting thing for me actually, because you know I grew up watching him and my sister play Crash One, Two, and Three and Crash Team Racing, and now it's like I'm introducing him to the sequel Crash Four like 20 years later. So um, yeah, it's cool. It's very very cool. Um, yeah, so that's uh, everything we've been pretty much playing. Uh, let's get into some housekeeping and then we'll get into some other news, which also includes Call of Duty and Cyberpunk and various other things. See you in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, I got a new episode for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. 
that's up to season two episode five so we've been talking about that uh got another uh superman and lois podcast as well those are still ongoing uh the episodes are still ongoing as well so we'll be talking uh we're continuing to talk about that show so that's both for superman and lois and for uh, zoe's extraordinary playlist uh the premier league is back as well that returned on uh saturday uh, May United beat Leeds by five goals to one. Very, very good performance. I've still got a few concerns about where certain players are being played, which is sort of out of position. It's very weird and annoying, but you can't not be happy with a 5-1 win on the opening day. Uh, we're currently top of the league, basically just because of goal difference. It will be that way for the first two, three games until teams, teams start losing and things like that. So uh, there's only been one game so far, but uh, May United play their next game on Sunday which is eight days after the first game I'm not quite sure why that is but that's the way that is at the moment so there's no week there's no midweek sorry games at the moment uh, speaking of football uh, Ted Lasso still continuing that's up to season two episode four those were on Fridays and episode five for season two will be out this week Friday and I'll cover that one uh, it's a weird episode uh, last week is a Christmas one, which is strange in the middle of August, but uh, I guess COVID scheduling kind of played a, a part in that, I guess, or whatever the case may have been. I uh, went to see a film last week. It was called Jungle Cruise. stars um, five really good actors. It's got uh, Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, uh, Paul Giamatti, Jack Whitehall, and who was the other one? I've forgotten his name. Uh, there was somebody else in the film as well whose whose name is escaping me, but uh, mainly mainly focusing on Emily Blunt and uh, Dwayne Johnson. Jack Whitehall does play a fairly big part in there as well. Uh, oh, it was Jesse Plemons, the other person, who was kind of like the, uh, the one of the main villains of the film. Uh, you can go and get it for premium access on Disney Plus, although I don't recommend that because it's more expensive. And I don't think that's good for consumers. That's just my opinion. But if you want to see it, you can either take your family or whatever you want to do. Because it's a film for everybody, of course. It's a Disney film. So you can either go and see that in the cinema. Or you can wait for it to be free on Disney+. Plus. I guess we will be in a few months' time. But I really enjoyed it. Gave it a don't skip rating. And uh, it's pretty good. Uh, Monsters at Work is still continuing. That's up to Season 1, Episode 7 so far. There's only three episodes left in the season. That's the sequel series to Monsters, Inc. Uh, So those will be continuing Wednesdays. So there'll be a new episode tomorrow, this week, for Wednesday. Gaming Talk last week, we talked about the uh, third part of Activision Blizzard, the lawsuit and all that kind of stuff going on with there with some very interesting quotes and whatnot. Uh, Crash Bandicoot was tweeting some other teaser-related things as well so we talked about that and we also talked about two cancelled games which is a power rangers game and a superman game which we talked about as well uh did a podcast called suicide squad versus the suicide squad so the 2016 version and the 2021 version and did some dc talk alongside that as well so if you want to listen to that you can do that if you want more dc stuff from us as well also did a film rankings podcast very recently after seeing the suicide squad and then re-watching suicide squad from 2016 so i have uh, got some updates ratings for that uh did a united cast preview for the upcoming season still very much worth listening to there's only been one game played so far so there's still a good chunk of the season to go and also of course did review the suicide squad itself the actual film so you can check that out as well if you want to uh and we're also tomorrow going to be doing our preview podcast for the final season of the walking dead uh, which is on AMC and Disney Plus in the UK. And no, I'm not joking. It is on Disney Plus in the UK. It's on the star section, which is the adult thing. It's all very strange and weird, but we'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh, let's get into some news.
Right, I'll go with my things first. Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard was leaked, and then Activision or whoever's yeah Activision's behind this is not a Blizzard game; it's an Activision game. Just was sort of hey yeah Call of Duty Vanguard. Here's a poster for you. Reveal event coming soon. I think it's I think it's on Thursday this week. I think it's the eight. It's either the eighteenth or the nineteenth. Uh, basically, that particular reveal event. Uh, there'll probably be a trailer posted on YouTube or something like that. Uh, but there's going to be an in-game event in Call of Duty's Warzone, which you can access both through uh, Black Ops Cold War and Modern Warfare. Uh, I guess something is going to happen in Warzone in the next couple of days, uh, which I don't play Warzone. I actively dislike it. Uh, I just play Cyber Attack, so I'm not going to see that event. But uh, to me, this is going back to kind of World War Two era-ish, and I just don't want to play a World War Two shooter game that's just my preference my opinion um and given the responses i've heard from both people i play with uh, modern warfare with and the online consensus nobody else seems to really want a world war 2 game there's a few people that have said like oh it might be cool to like go back in time a bit and change things up and stuff which are kind of already doing with cold war but anyway um yeah, there's been a few... Uh, we'll get into some feedback in a minute, actually, about Call of Duty versus Battlefield, which is 2042. Is that the title this year's? I think it's 2042. Yeah. I don't pay attention to that. Yeah, the, the new one that's coming out. I've forgotten the year. I think it's 2042. Uh, there's been some debate as to whether Battlefield will actually outsell uh, Vanguard. Cause there was also a lot of stories a few months ago about how like there's development on Vanguard is a bit like strained and a bit like difficult and things like that. Um, but yeah, I've got no interest in this. Uh, as long as they keep the servers alive for Modern Warfare, which I think that they will, um, I'm just going to keep playing that until a new Modern Warfare comes out. So, uh, but Robert, what do you think? Call of Duty returning to uh, World War Two again for some reason? Well, I've said multiple times on the podcast that I don't really play shooter games. They're not really my style. So if they, uh, they can, if it goes back to that era and people like it, great. If nobody wants it, you know, then why do it? Other than that, I really don't put any kind of brain power into caring about it. Mm. If you were to, let's just say hypothetic, hi, bleh, hypothetically, if you were going to play a war shooter game, what era would you prefer it to be set in? So like futuristic or uh, modern or what? where would you sort of prefer it to be set? Uh, I don't honestly know. I mean, the problem with any of those games is that there's only so much level of realism. Because, you know, you go back to the World War II and World World War One shooters. Um, you get shot, you know, you don't heal. You don't, you know, auto-regen, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which you kind of could do, in theory, with the modern shooters, but then you'd think the tech would have advanced enough that it would overcome that. Mm. Mm. Um yeah. But honestly, I just honestly, I just don't care enough about shooters to really even think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just I just don't want to go back to like old weapons and things like that and that that kind of setting. Uh, it could be cool for films. Like I'm, I mean, I saw the film. Was it 1917? Last year was that? Yeah, I think that came out last year, 1917. Really good film. It's got a very particular story, which makes it quite interesting. But um, the World War. Would that be World War One, World War Two? I'm forgetting. Um, the like old World War setting that that was in, um, like, didn't hinder the experience or anything. Uh, in fact, it kind of like 
connected well to the plot that they were doing because of like you said the the lack of like advanced technologies and stuff so uh, if you've if any of you seen that film you might know what i'm trying to sort of refer to without spoilers um so I, yeah I, I mean i liked was it saving private ryan that was pretty good as well obviously it's got tom hanks so i i like it a little bit more um but um no i just want kind of it doesn't have to be 2021 set it could be like a few years ago it could be 10 years in the future 10 years maybe in the past because still kind of you can class that as modern um i just want to use modern normal sort of guns with maybe a few drones here and there i mean drones are a pretty modern thing now aren't they like people use them for different things Mm -hmm. um but uh now i did see a bunch of stuff from a few writers of the game on twitter saying like hey we put a bunch of effort into the story we really like it so maybe the campaign will be pretty good um because i I did see a lot of people that i kind of recognized on on twitter uh saying that like they they were able then to reveal that they'd been writing on the game obviously there was probably um what's that thing called nda is it called yeah nda is where like they probably can't have tweeted hey i'm working on cod's um vanguard or whatever so they sort of came out of the woodworks and said that they were writing for it um and if that's the case if it's got a really like gritty maybe kind of cool war story i'll i'll check the campaign uh, campaign out so there we go um but yeah that's that's call of duty vanguard and i guess we'll find out in a couple of days what they're doing in warzone uh for for that so um because other other than because you had Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare in 2007. Then after that you had Call of Duty World at War. I remember being in high school when those two games came out. And Call of Duty World at War was like, oh, you know, it's kind of... At the time it was a bit more... I mean, this was like pre, pre-2010, so you're talking over 10 years ago. Where it's like, oh, we get to go back into like World War 2 or whatever it was and try some old guns. And then that was fu- that was fun for that one game. Then I think the next time they tried it was Call of Duty. I think it was actually called World War Two, which is like one of the least spoken about Call of Duty games ever. In fact, sometimes I forget that it exists. Um, and that was like fine for for most people. Um, I, th- I thought there was a third game where they've tried. I mean, the the Cold Warish kind of stuff is kind of like that, and now they're trying it sort of again. Um, I I think that the the era that people most dislike is the futuristic games like the Advanced Warfare, Infinite Warfare, where you turned it into like Titanfall, where you're wall running and all this other kind of like electric guns and that sort of thing. So, um, because as I said to David on Geek Town as well, I I understand you can't make a Modern Warfare game every year, but uh, I don't know what else you kind of do with it. if you're going to be chopping and changing time periods every year i don't know what your other option is because there's people that don't like the future stuff and there's people that don't like the old time stuff so where else do you kind of go i guess i i don't know uh but that's call of duty vanguard and it will be revealed soon and i'm sure it will be out what october novemberish probably something so, like that yeah probably so uh, let's move on from that. Talk about uh, GTA. There's some. Uh, there was a lot of reports this week. Nothing's been confirmed. This isn't. This doesn't seem rumor mill. This seems a bit more, a bit stronger than than that, if you will. Uh, multiple publications were posting um, reports that uh, there's going to be three GTA games getting remastered, which would be GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas. Uh, this makes a lot of sense to me, actually. Um, I mean, this 
does kind of give them more of an excuse to hold off GTA 6 for another however many years. Um, but these are three games from this series that I know people really like. I did recently dip into San Andreas again, if you remember me talking about that on the podcast a couple of months ago. It just didn't quite fully click, like the gameplay was just not all quite there. Um, and I, I was intrigued to finish the story and stuff, but I just sort of backed away from the game. Uh, this would be a really good re-entry point for that, I guess, if they cleaned up some of the uh, gameplay. And like the aiming system and stuff, which wasn't that great. And then uh, I think we've, I think I dipped in a little bit to Vice City. I don't remember playing GTA 3 before, um, but you know, to kind of boost those games again into into modern day and put them remastered versions on modern hardware, assumedly PS5, PS4, I would guess, and you know, Xbox and PC, and they, they did say they did say Switch as well. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I'm quite interested in playing all three of these. Uh, how about yourself? Uh, one, the first GTA I'd be interested in playing if they kept it in the top-down mode like it originally was. Okay. Um, right. Three, I kind of played a bit back in the day. I was never really the biggest fan of the GTA series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was there any of them that stuck out to you particularly that you liked? I know four was like super crazy popular, but... No, I mean, they were just... I I didn't really get into them for no real reason other than I just didn't get into them. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I really liked GTA 4, actually. Um, I do. Th- I think GTA 4's story and characters are probably better than GTA 5. Uh, but obviously with GTA 5, you've got like, a better open world and that kind of stuff. So, um, be it, well, one, one day when GTA 6 is here, it'll be very interesting to see what they can do with that as well considering that gta 5 itself is what eight eight years are we going on eight years old yeah eight years old on the for that game 2013 um so we shall see but i think this is a really good opportunity and as i've said multiple times uh before you know there's there's people that are like oh why are we why are we remastering old games when we should be making new ones so you can still do both of those things but the reason I really like remasters, and I've talked about this in sort of the 90s podcast I did, it gives both old, return not old, it gives both returning players and new players something to experience. Because obviously, yeah, there's the big, um, you know, money sort of nostalgia factor of like, oh, I played this game 20 years ago, let's go through it again with updated graphics and controls. Uh, you know, obviously they did that with the, the Crash games, which I loved. Uh, and they've... Um, was it you got kind of the remasters and stuff of the uh, the Abe games? Obviously, the second one's a bit more of like an extension of that. Um, but it it also gives like for people that are growing up now, kind of playing games and stuff, they're not really gonna want to go back onto like old consoles or like has their dad got their console like stored away somewhere? And do you want to get the PS One out and hook it up and find the games and you know where's the memory card and controller and that kind of stuff? Uh, I mean, if you could do it, then you can do it. That's that's great. But it's just like, hey, these old games that I really liked, you can now play on your modern consoles. The one that we've already got hooked up to the system. You just buy the game, you put it in, updated graphics and stuff. Um, and it is kind of, not necessarily with GTA maybe, but it is a good way to sort of like show your kids or family members, you, you know, like young people that you know or whatever, um, that the, the games that you used to play. And you can sort of say like, oh, well, you know, I'm returning to this game 20 years later and it's it brings back that nostalgic factor but then it's also a really good way to test the waters for 
okay, do these games work in modern day? If our remasters sell well, then we can make new ones. That's where you enter Crash Bandicoot 4. Because um, if, if the Insane Trilogy remaster hadn't done well, we probably wouldn't have got a Crash Bandicoot 4, because why would um, Activision have made that? You know, so. Um, but what, what do you think of kind of remasters and bringing old games back? I guess. I like them as if it's something that's been so far removed from the modern era that a large percentage of people hadn't played it anymore. Mm-hmm. I was actually talking about this on. Uh, I was at work and I had a break, so what I always do when I break, I go into the break room, and I look at get up my phone and I see who's you know broadcasting on Twitch. And I was in this one channel, and we were talking about remakes, and somebody was like, brought up Wing Commander. And I was like, yeah, I would love a remaster slash remake of those early Wing Commander games, especially now that, you know, flight simish kind of games are getting uh, more popular with the uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator mm-hmm. coming out. So that interest is peaking a little bit. Obviously, those are from a long since gone uh the studio i have no idea who even owns the rights to those you wouldn't be able to make four there there was two of them that i'm trying to remember i think it was three and four was the jump to full motion video and you'd have to remake those without the cast because i seriously doubt you're going to get mark hamill and john rice davies to reprise their roles in that series Hmm. um but yeah, those were some really good games back in the day. I mean, when I say back in the day, we're talking early 90s-ish. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you take like Dead Space for an example, right? It, it, even a few weeks ago, I would have told you like, okay, that series is pretty much dead. Like the, the um, you know, those games are, well, not they're not old, old, but they're not like new exactly, are they? Um, and people still love those games, obviously, and everything. Uh, the studio that made them was was closed down. Obviously, you got the content there already, so you don't need to make new content. But all of a sudden, you know, Dead Space remake is on the cards. We talked about it. Was it last week that that was in in the news? Um, and like suddenly, that series is alive again. You know, people are happy and excited. Dead Space is back. I think there is it remake or remastered that they're saying. I think it's remake, isn't it? I think um, I think it's new enough that they can just remake it without having to completely redo the code. Yeah, yeah, but it's like suddenly Dead Space is back on the on people's radars. Like that's that's such a good thing to do for old dead kind of series. Um, so it's a, I I just think it's a really good option. And um, you know, if you'll then if you then do remaster or remake some old games, people really like them, and there's room to make some more series. You know that your dead franchise is alive again, and you can carry on making more games make your fans happy again and well you know keep making money so it it can be a very much a win-win situation for like everybody so and then you know there's the new player aspect people being brought into the series people being brought back to the series that played them 10 20 years ago whatever um yeah it's i i think remasters are just a really really good thing to uh to do so and there is obviously the other other option which is porting games but that doesn't always quite, I think, work so well, especially when you've got certain games that are a bit old in terms of the way they control. I don't think that always quite works in the same way, but it, it is an option, I guess. So uh, let's move on from that, talking about um, weird and mysterious kind of stuff. Uh, have a little bit of an update from Blue Box, uh, obviously on the abandoned stuff. So last week we talked about the fact that the app went live 
well it sort of went live you could you could you could click on it and open it and it basically led you to a screen where it would say blue box and abandoned and all that you click on the language and it would say check back soon uh, about what was it two three maybe maybe four days later i can't remember exactly maybe three days later um they tweeted out hey we're gonna have like an update in a few hours and then they did put up out an update and they said the app is now live um and there's like a teaser trailer kind of thing um it was the same teaser trailer from the 10th which was that four second teaser of that person walking along the floor um but the app is now live and this is where things really get kind of interesting for me now a lot of people have been like this game's a lie this game's a scam i'll get into that in a second going back to one of my main kind of curiosities about this game if you now open abandoned on ps5 which is the only console you can do it on it is basically a youtube app because the, I, don't, I don't know if you've seen the app itself or anything at the moment but it's basically you open the game or the, the app uh you click on the language that you want and you know how youtube is laid out you, you get boxes you know left to right and then you scroll down then there'll be more boxes left to right different videos titles that kind of basic stuff it's laid out almost exactly like that and it says teaser trailer which you can click on and then there's three other boxes along the top that say i think it's cinematic trailer one's like reveal trailer and there's an uh, there's another one i can't remember the name of all of them then below that there's two other boxes one says gameplay demonstration one and then the one next to it says gameplay demonstration two um i actually got so curious and interested about this i started talking to my parents about it i, I don't know if they took full interest or whatnot but i was just i wanted to uh see what they thought of it and they said they said it was uh kind of strange as well but the main thing that just sticks out to me now i don't i don't know if i'm i don't know if i'm wrong about this but i've been thinking about it in this way i cannot think of any other tv show game or film or i guess if you want to include books or comic books which are media as well i can't think of a single property that had its own app released onto a platform which isn't the thing itself so like the TV show or the game or the film that has its tr- its own trailers on it. Can you think of a, any piece of media that's done that before in, in the same way? So like it's got its own app on like maybe let's say if you're talking uh, games or something like on a mobile store or if it's a TV show if you download like a app on a Roku box or, or, or something again it's just very like kind of strange in that. Um, I can't at least think of any game that's done it before. Because let's say you want to boot up, I don't know, Cyberpunk or something. There isn't an app for Cyberpunk where you open it and you see a bunch of trailers. There's just the trailers on YouTube and gameplay and stuff. And then if you want to play the game, you buy it on a platform. And you open it and it has the game there. And you press start and then you kind of go from there. Um, Can you think of any other properties that have ever done that before? Because I can't. I know that uh, when GTA Online was just getting ready to launch, they lap- launched an app version for their fake uh, smartphone in-game. It was called, like, iFruit or something like that. And the only real function that it had is that it let re- you reserve your vanity license plate name okay. in-game before the game itself went live. Um Outside of that, That's... I mean, you got to remember, apps as a concept is barely less than 15 years old. Mm. 
Um, I mean, the first iPhone came out in 2007. Obviously, that wasn't the first smartphone, but that's when things you know really started kicking off. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I can remotely think of. Mm. I get what you mean with that. I would call that more of just like a companion app. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I was tra- I was really trying to think about like, okay, if th- this game which is called Abandoned, it's it's really kind of like, and and I I love all this stuff. Like people have thrown all sorts of words at the dev team for for what's like happened and things um which kind of goes along to prove that again humanity has not really got much patience but i think we knew that already <laughs> but <laughs> yeah no you you just reminded me a line from a movie um somebody said that people have the attention span that can only be measured in nanoseconds mm. yeah i mean it's just it's just like so and i'm like yeah that's fairly accurate so the the app went live on the 10th and everyone was freaking out, like, oh, the trailer's not on air. All it gives you is this, like, check back soon, like, teaser thing or whatever. Like, people were freaking out and throwing all sorts of words at, like, Hassan and the Blue Box team. And then it only took, like, three days after that where, the, where it was like, oh, yeah, we fixed this, like, problem that we've got. And the thing is live now. So, calm down. Um, it's, I just, in an era where we're in an era where we've already got somebody like Kojima who does weird stuff like that and has been doing it for over 20 years going all the way back to Metal Gear Solid 1 I just thought that people would be a bit more used to like okay teasers of teasers of things uh, I mean I'm I'm not fine a lot of people are like this is dumb this is frustrating this is a scam I'm not frustrated by any of this at all I find all this really really fascinating um, how about yourself where, where do you kind of sit on what they're doing with this. Uh, so, I mean, if it was something that you were going to count with, uh, like the viral marketing and the things like that, that they used to do back in the day, I don't know if that would technically count or not, because if you look into some of that stuff, it was like some really deep ARG Easter egg stuff. Um, but I don't know that that's the same thing or not. Mm. Um, Really, the only factor is, does it function and is it entertaining? If it's neither one of those, then obviously it's not needed. If it's one of those, then that's a debate. It's both of those, then obviously that's good. Mm. Yeah. But it's just like, the app was supposed to go live at that certain time. It sort of half did. It just didn't launch with that trailer. And then they literally said, "There's there's been a problem or an issue, and we're trying to fix it, and then... Two or three days later, it was fixed, and that that was that was it. Uh, just just the words that these people were, were getting of like you're a, you're a scam artist, you're like stop lying and all this kind of stuff. Uh, well, they weren't lying about that because then we did get an update, and the app did like the app has actually launched. Like you can you can't click on any other videos. The other videos haven't launched, but you can open the app. So they weren't lying about that. Um, I was having some debates with people on Twitter, which is not always a good idea, but this wasn't this one wasn't quite so bad. And somebody was like, "Oh, you know, can you like stop scamming people and uh, you know tell tell us that like just tell us that abandoned is fake and all this kind of stuff." And I was like, "This from a consumer standpoint, which we all are, nobody's been scammed. Nobody's paid for this app. Like you download it for free." On your PlayStation 5. They don't owe you anything. Because they haven't promised that this is anything. In fact they've tried to say the opposite. Which is this has got nothing to do with like. Kojima and all that all that other kind of stuff. Which granted that could just be a teaser kind of lie thing. Um, but he has actually said that. 
and all we've done is downloaded a free app which has got a trailer on it so like I don't know um yeah so th there is this other stuff like they've tried to launch games in the past and it hasn't really worked and they've taken like certain funding from the Netherlands but none of that stuff has really got anything to do with us like none of that money was taken from us um so I don't know I don't know it's just it's just weird where people are like oh this is a scam and it's like you haven't bought anything you've downloaded a free app which has got a trailer on it and, and that's it so but again I think I, it's just because there are so many scams out there between all the the scams of people pretending to be government officials trying to get your money uh -huh. all the scams from like web links of you've won this or free that or whatever people are just in a very suspicious state right now mm mm there's a funnier side to that where I get like emails about car insurance renewing my car insurance and I don't even have a car so <laughs> hey I get the robo scam calls in Chinese so try to explain that one mm, yeah that's where it's like okay you know you've got nothing to do with that and it's just just like ignore the message kind of thing so but uh, I, I'm like I know I'm not in the minority either I know there's a bunch of people that are ex still excited for whatever this thing is and um I've, at, at the moment, I think this is this was pretty cool the way we were being kind of teased and stuff. And they just said, "Hey, this this thing is launched. You can load the app. You can check out the different like names of things that are coming soon or whatever. And then hopefully we'll see something at some point soon. So we shall see. Uh, let's move on from that. Talk about uh, to return to Cyberpunk as well. Um, this is where things get a little bit a little bit worse um, in terms of news on the podcast. So." Uh, patch 1.3, which is the next patch, which isn't out right now. They said the patch is coming soon. They had a live stream today, which I think is the first time, because it was like a couple of devs and there was some like community managers and, and whatnot. Uh, I think there was like five or six people on this on this stream from the CD Projekt Red team. And uh, they booted up like Cyberpunk. I assume it's like their dev version of it or, or whatever it is. And they showed off how many things is it? One, two... They showed off three things that they're kind of labelling as DLC, which I would argue these aren't really DLC. And uh, they're very sort of pointless and very kind of disappointing and very sort of... Like, I was watching this live stream which had, like, somebody else commentating over it and they were like, hey, why are you working on doing these things? Uh, so Johnny Silverhand... Uh, who I mentioned earlier, uh, which is a character I hate, by the way, um, and I feel like I'm supposed to hate him, uh, and that's just my opinion of like how my story has gone with him. Uh, again, nothing to do with like Keanu Reeves. He's doing a good job with what he's doing. Uh, he's making me convincingly hate Johnny, which is, I suppose, part of his job. Uh, he's got a new outfit, which looks very strange, and al almost makes um, Johnny's like stomach look bigger for some reason. There's like some weird proportion stuff going on there. So that was added as like a mission for something. They said it was like connected to a secret ending or whatever. And I've I've not finished the game so I don't know anything about that. But that's one thing that they've added. And again it's like okay why are you, why are you, why are you giving Johnny a new outfit when like some of the AI in the game doesn't work properly. I don't know. Uh, there's a cat that you can pet in the game. You'll see this cat. I think the first time you see them is when you're going to Victor's Ripperdock station. And there's a kid sitting there with a gun, like, outside the door. 
and there's a cat that you can actually interact with and pet. You can now have this pet in the apartment building with you and you can also have the cat in the building with you. It sort of teleports from different places and stuff and you can pet it in your apartment. Again, I don't know what the purpose of that is. I don't know why they would have even been working on that. No, but I, I mean, I've been I've been fairly involved in the cyberpunk community in the last couple of months or so. Uh, nobody asked for anything remotely close to that, so I don't know why they worked on that. Uh, probably one of the best things that they've put out in this, uh, which is again is something people weren't really asking for, but is arguably the coolest out of these three things. There's a new car to get, which they said is very fast. Which I got one of the supercars in the game today, which is also very fast because it's a supercar. And there's a mission tied to another character. And you do that mission to get this new car. But the new mission is what they're saying is like one of the new free DLCs. Uh, I think all of these three things are just a waste of time. Uh, I think they've got other things they should have been... And they have said like, hey, we're trying to work on like, you know, still fixing the game and improvements to certain things. And they said that like, you know, we, we see the comments that you make and the things that you want improved. Um... But it's just like, okay, if you take the resources that you put into these three things and put even more into, like, making the AI in the game better and, like, maybe putting the travel system back in properly, you could have done something else with, with that. Um, what do you think of these three things that are being added as sort of free free DLC? Well, I never have a problem with free DLC. Um, it's just one of those things that... No matter what people are do, or no matter what CD Projekt Red does, somebody's always going to complain about it because of how bad the game launched. I've been on the record of saying I'm just holding off on the game until I get my Series X because I want to play it in the best possible state and I'm not rebuying it for PC. Um, outside of that, I mean, it's free, so don't complain too much. Mm. I'm not complaining about the fact that it's free DLC. It's just... Why? Who? Who? Who told them to actually work on that? Uh, and I was looking at some reactions online, and every everybody was kind of saying the same thing today after the stream, which was like, "Okay, why exactly did you do this? Like, it's cool that it's free. There's no complaints there, but it's the choice of what you've. Uh, again, it's it's hard to like argue about free stuff. It's just okay. They know the issues with the game, and this is what they. I mean, they chose to show this today to us and it was just okay why did you highlight that the funny thing is I mean I'm not going to go through all the bug patches and fixes because there's like tons and tons of stuff but there's a few tidbits in there where you could have like okay not maybe not shown some of those patches but just like said hey this is being improved or that's being improved I just feel like players would have appreciated that being highlighted a bit more um, and again, the video that I was kind of watching, this guy was like going through. Uh, it's called uh, the channel is called the uh, Deconstructing the Game, by the way. In case anybody wants to watch their uh, their stream that they did, um, and they were like, "Hey, there's this they could have highlighted, and that they could have highlighted, which would have just made the stream a bit better." Um, and it it also was like you could tell that the all five or six, however many people there were, people that were doing this cyberpunk live stream all felt a bit awkward as like yeah this is like johnny's got a new outfit that's cool um and you could kind of tell there was some awkwardness there uh and they even made a few comments themselves about like hey we're trying to like fix this or that which isn't kind of working and stuff so it was all just kind of very awkward for 
viewers and for themselves um i just kind of wonder who who at the company was like okay this is what you're working on next give johnny silverhand a new outfit um i i don't really understand but again like i said the part of the game that i am playing i am very much enjoying the characters are cool the story is cool the city is cool and i got a new car today which is cool as well so um i'm trying not to not to complain too much about the free stuff it's just the choice of actually deciding that this was what you were gonna make and show off so it's uh it's a bit strange it's a bit strange um that's everything i've got to talk about how about yourself i got a few things here uh, first up, we've got a mod from Bloodborne, which I can Ooh. only describe as from the desk of... Nope, 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 nope. It is a first-person mod. This was a mod engineered, requires uh, a pretty decent PC, um, which is challenging enough because right now Bloodborne is only available on PS4 and PS- PS5 through backwards compatibility. Um, so I don't know if the mod will ever come over to that platform. Because from what I'm understanding from the uh, article that talks about it, they basically had to heavily mod a PS, uh, a place, um, a computer, to read a PlayStation disc, which there is software that you can do that with. Um, mm-hmm. But what would you think? Would you play Bloodborne in first person? I'd give it a try. Yeah, I mean, I'm playing Cyberpunk, which is in first person. I play Call of Duty, which is in first person. Um, some people really don't like the idea of first person they say that it like takes away from i mean it's arguably more immersive because you're literally using the character's sight aren't you like their their pov um and everything uh i mean i remember when cyberpunk was first announced to be first person and obviously a lot of people were used to the fact that witcher was third person and it kind of turned a few people off but i i don't mind really It, it depends if it fits the game and if it works for the game itself um yeah, it would probably be a bit more, you know, immersive, a bit more scary, but that's probably like kind of the point and stuff. Um, I wonder what some because some of those enemies do look quite nasty, which again is the point because that's the the world that that uh, Bloodborne's in. Um, I wonder what they look like from yeah that character like that because they're called the Hunter, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the main the main player. Um, I wonder what there some is of that... a uh, there is a video on YouTube. Just search Bloodborne, but in first person. And you can see what that li- what that's like. It's not a very long video, so it's not going to show hmm. a whole ton of stuff. I got to imagine there, like I said, there's probably a ton of modding on it. So, hmm. but yeah, being up close with some of those enemies must be pretty uh, pretty nasty. But then again, you've got weapons, so if you don't like them, you can just kill them. <laughs> yeah, I like the because I got up to the first main boss, which I think was called the Cleric Beast, which is like this really really tall. Uh, enemy. I wonder what that looks like in first person. So, um, yeah, that's, that's piqued my curiosity a bit. Not that I'll play like Bloodborne front to back in first person, but um, I think that's an interesting, different kind of perspective. So, uh, what do you think? Would you play that in, in first person, or what do you think of oh, that? I don't play uh, games like that to begin with. I'm not a big fan of, you know, punishing difficulty games anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially games like that, I don't really play, so... yeah. Yeah. What do you think about like first and third person aspects? I've uh, never really had an issue with either one of those. It's um just depends on the game. I'm more generally of a third person player, but that's just me and the style of games that I play because I tend to play RPGs and games like that, which t- typically are in third person. 
specific exclusion decision. So, hmm. I wonder what Last of Us Two looks like in first person. Hmm. Um, that would be you, interesting. Yeah, especially if you like lay down in grass or something, and you can't like see because you got your head down in the grass, and then you can hear like clickers and all sorts of things. Um, wonder if somebody's done a video on that. They probably have, haven't they? So, mm-hmm. um, but like a clicker biting you in first person, <laughs> that might be uh, interesting. So, um, yeah. Is it? Is there any other game? So, is there any other games that are in third person you'd like to see in first person? Mm. From, from a from a perspective of like that thing is in that game. What does it look like up close? I, I suppose. Maybe the XCOM games, possibly State of Decay, uh, but the sprites are so low on State of Decay that I don't really think it would work out very well. Mm. Gears of War would be quite good. You could basically turn it into like a Call of Duty first-person cover-based shooter. Gears uh, could be kind of interesting in first-person. Yeah, yeah, especially that chainsaw. So mm-hmm. when you're doing that, uh, not like Gears Tactics, so that wouldn't even really work in first-person. So anyway, uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about? Oh well, we got the the games coming out on Game Pass that was just announced earlier today um, for as part of the EA Play Cloud. Um, you're going to get Need for Speed Heat, uh, Battlefront 2, and Jedi Fallen Over. Obviously, those are playing on xCloud. Um, there's a game I'm going to have to check out called Recompile. I can't judge too much of it because all it looks is like a dude with a sword that's very, very pixelated. But Recompile is obviously a computer term, so that's something that's got my peak. Um, Mist is the interesting one. Very old classic game Mist is coming to cloud and console and PC. So we were talking about older retro games. I know that got a remake a few years ago. Mm. And obviously, I haven't had a chance to see if it's live yet, but 12 minutes is coming relatively soon to Game Pass. And I I was very curious to check that game out. That one's been on my radar for a while now. Yeah, that game looks really good. That's got um, Daisy Ridley, William Dafoe. David McElroy. Dave McElroy, yeah. Yeah, that looks looks really cool. So... Um, speaking of Mist, have you ever seen the film The Mist? I know of the film. Right. I've never seen it. Okay. It did have a TV series as well, which I didn't see and got cancelled, so I never will watch it. Uh, the film's pretty good, though. So, um... See, that, if, if that's the movie that I'm thinking of, that doesn't make sense to actually give it a, a TV series. Sometimes it doesn't make sense, and then they get cancelled, so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know how it wrapped up or whatever, or where it didn't really wrap up because it got cancelled. So, um, yeah, cool stuff coming to Game Pass. I've still just got my Boomerang subscription and whatnot, so I'm gonna kind of just keep using that. So, um, any of these that you want to play? Uh, like I said, definitely 12 minutes. Yep. Um, recompile. I'm gonna have to check out. Uh, Missed. I might fire up for nostalgia's sake. I was never much into the uh, the static background clicky clicky puzzle games um but that one was kind of like a key game of uh story as a narrative feature i mean video games is a narrative feature um for stories so yeah when is 12 minutes out i i think it might be live now i'd have to check okay that hasn't had that much like advertising uh no shockingly it hasn't which is really weird considering that cost yeah to know weird um, cause I see ads on like YouTube and other places. So yeah. Uh, all right. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, Intel, we've talked about courts and things 
a lot. This is a little bit different one. Uh, Intel still owes $2.18 billion in damages to VLSI Technology LLC after failing to compel district judge in Waco, Texas to overturn a previous verdict and issue a new trial. I mean, obviously, this is Intel. Um, it can technically afford to write that check. Nobody would want to do that, though. Um, the uh, result is comes from two patent infringement law. Well, two uh, lawsuit for two different patent infringements, and the two point one billion dollars is the estimation of damages. Uh, the patents were originally held by Sigmatel Incorporated, which was acquired by Freescale Semiconductor in 2008 then seven years later nxp bought freescale um nxp is not a part of the lawsuit to receive a portion of any damages vlsi vlsi is able to collect i mean it's a confusing cluster f chain of events um phillips acquired vlsi in 1999 and then freescale bought sigmatel in 2008 NXP spun out of Philips in 2006. Uh, Freescale merged with NXP in 2015. VSLI spun out of of NXP at some point, but they don't list a date. With the key patents in hand, which backtracks all the way back to Freescale and Sigmatel. Um, The original ruling back in April was that it was awarded $1.5 billion for the first patent, and then $675 million for the other. Um, obviously, Intel plans to appeal. This is going to be in court for a couple of years, and ultimately, the lawyers are just going to make all the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh, don't have too much to add here. Obviously, these situations can be a little bit uh, complicated sometimes with all the legal mumble-jumble, whatever you want to kind of call it. Um, but uh, what was it you said? Two... Two billion, two point something billion. Two point one eight billion. Hmm. It's just over, just over half the cost of Marvel or DC. Uh, sorry, not DC. Uh, Star Wars. Um. So that's uh, yeah, quite quite a lot of money. Quite a lot of money indeed. Uh, what do you think of of this? Well, if if you go back and look at the article and see how these companies and patents have bounced around, this is one of those things. Like I said, it's going to take a while for this to sort out. Um, patents are always a tricky thing because unfortunately we run into the problem with patent trolls, which are people that patent a vaguely, a vaguely worded thing, somehow manage to get a patent on it and then wait for somebody with a lot of money to do something similar and then sue them for patent infringement. Probably the most notable case of somebody being a patent troll was somebody sued comedian Adam Carolla wanting like $26 million or something stupid like that because his podcasts were sequenced by date. And the guy claimed that he had a patent on it. Um, huh. Another stupid patent that never went through because why would it? The NBA player um, LeBron James tried to patent the phrase Taco Tuesday. <laughs> right. Which yeah. is one of many, many reasons why I do not like that man. Hmm. Okay, wasn't he the? He's the one on the new Space Jam, isn't he? I think. Yeah, I he's I on th- the one on the new Space Jam, and yeah, he has a stunt double for an animated movie. I am not making that up. Yeah, I I watched that film two weeks ago, and I already kind of forgot 
most of it. I re- so. I refuse to watch it. Mm. Well, it, it's not really worth it. So, um, <laughs> oh, I knew that before I even went into it, it mm. into seeing any trailers for it. I knew it wasn't going to be any good. Yeah, it's basically an hour of Warner Brothers advertisements, and then an hour of the weirdest basketball game you'll ever see. Um, so, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, even the first one is a little bit bland in places, and the second one somehow manages to just be worse than that. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, Alright, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, Remedy has confirmed that their unannounced game project alongside Epic Games has moved into full production. They did not state what that game was, but the the big rumor is that it is going to be Alan Wake 2. Um, did you ever play the first Alan Wake? I played about five minutes of it, just to see what it was like. I kind of like the idea, and I did use... I use the use the word uh, use very lightly. Um, the function that, like, you know, where you shine your torch on mm-hmm. uh, enemies and then shoot them. I remember when I was doing the fun uh, video game pitch podcast for a quiet place. I remember saying like you could essentially do the same thing, but with sound instead. That's how those monsters are kind of vulnerable in that world. Um, and then you could shoot them like that. So a, a similar kind of idea, but more tailored towards that world instead of the Alan Wake one um I don't know I, I fa- as soon as I started because you get started pretty early on using the whole like shine the light and shoot them it just didn't really sort of I was like ah, this is a bit like awkward uh and I just kind of stopped so uh, but I was I was signed up to game pass at the time so it hadn't like mm-hmm. cost me money so how about you did you try any of them yeah I, I played it for a couple of hours I it, it kind of fell in the same category as Witcher 3 it's just I the controls Never really jammed with me. Obviously, I've said many times that Witcher 3 is clearly a very good game. It's just the the mechanics of the game never really work with my brain in terms of muscle memory and controls. Mm. And, you know, Alan Wake kind of fell into the, uh, the same category. Uh, now, the big thing of note is that Epic Games has fully funded this project with Remedy. Um, so if it's it, when it comes out on PC... You can pretty much bet that it's going to be exclusive on the Epic Game Store, which I'm fine with because it's not like they did a Kickstarter and then Epic came in and was just like, mine, and then voided out Kickstarter goals. Um, uh-huh. They've been funding this thing from the start. Mm. Um, I mean, if it's like a new iteration or whatever and it changes a few things, although the, the whole light shooting thing was one of the core ideas and it was one of the ideas that I didn't really like so I don't know what you would do to change that necessarily so um I don't know is there what what would kind of make you play or get you to play this one like anything different this um I think the uh-huh. actors involved any like voice actors that they added in as new characters new cast depending on who that was that could encourage me to play the game mm. also um just what it looks like. I mean, I'm not the biggest, you know, fidelity graphics nerd, but if it looks, you know, really, really cool, then I might jump in on that. Mm. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? <clears throat> uh, well, the last thing I have to talk about involves uh, theft. On August 10th, hackers managed to steal an obscene amount of money in cryptocurrency in a digital heist by exploiting a vulnerability in Poly Network a platform used to allow transactions between different blockchains. Um, Now, before I go on, 
we play this game all the time. What would you qualify as an obscene amount of money stolen in cryptocurrency? I don't really know, but quite quite a lot. I don't really have like a numbered answer. Just for... ballpark it. Um, it's like a, just a general big amount of money. Yeah, you mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that like somewhere between like five ten grand. But then my preference on big money is different to other people's. So I don't know. Six hundred and ten million dollars. Oh wow, that's that's yeah, that's yeah, a lot more. But yeah, and in an equally bizarre turn of events, uh, their hackers have returned more than half of it after details of the bogus transactions were released to the public. Um, I have like an orbital knowledge of crypto. I know enough to vaguely be able to follow some of it. I know nothing else about it in the in the minutia and the details. Mm. I'm sure there's podcasts out there that describe it. I actually know people that I hang out with on the weekends that are into it, and they get to start talking to me, and I just kind of nod off. It sounds like they're reading stereo instructions. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But according to the article, Poly Network is works as a DeFi, which is which it says is a decentralized finance platform. Uh, that cuts out the brokerages brokers of uh, trading to provide peer-to-peer financial transactions on a various public blockchains. This means that Bitcoin users can make transactions with Ethereum coin users, which is on another platform. Um, outside of that, the the whole Bitcoin thing is an insane rabbit hole to go down. Mm. Um, I just I don't know. I just don't have anything that I can talk about that. Hmm. Just thinking what you get, you said what you say 610 million? 610 million. Hmm. You could buy like could you buy Man United's whole team with that? Probably. You you could definitely um, buy a controlling interest. Yeah. No, I mean like the individual players. I'm just thinking about how much our players are worth. Um you could probably buy most of it if not all of it that that team. Depends on if you talk about like the youth players that are breaking through, but um, our most expensive player is probably about ninety million, um, and then the rest are between uh, around thirty to fifty, maybe sixty million. Again, depends on who you kind of asking and that that kind of stuff. Um, probably other teams you could easily buy with with that amount of money, but. Um. Yeah, that's that's a hell of a lot. So, yeah. Obviously, in terms of wages, if you're if you're paying uh, player wages with that, your run your money is going to run out fairly soon. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you you wouldn't want to do that. But um, yeah, that's what we've uh we got with that situation. So, uh, anything else you want to say with that? Uh, no. I mean, I've had people try to explain it. Basically, it falls under the category. I know that it has value as crypto coins but nobody's been able to successfully explain to me why it has value like with you go with like precious metals there's you know they're both a utilitarian function of it with like semiconductors with gold you know heat heat diffusion with aluminum copper things like that Uh, functionality with like copper piping for houses um, copper wiring for electricity things like that you get into jewelry like precious stones you can make it look pretty and the aesthetic translate in you know things like that but digital currency 
nobody tells me why that it has value other than the fact that so many people accept the fact that it has value. Mm. Yeah. Yep. All right. You said that was the last thing you had? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Okay, let's move on to some emails and feedback and whatnot. If you would like to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, either about anything that we've talked about or anything that you would like to talk about related to games or entertainment talk, you can send that to matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. You can find us on Twitter, eTalkUK. There's also the contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, So have a look at all those options. Jack starts off... With, uh, are either of you getting tired of the blue box abandoned situation? Do you think it's a scam? And when do you think we'll see the next trailer? Uh, so I'll answer those one by one. Am I getting tired? No, I'm absolutely fascinated by the situation. Do I think it's a scam? Not for consumers because we've not paid them anything. There's the, there's the development side to be argued, sure, which I had a debate with somebody on Twitter about. That's maybe a different issue. But no customers have been scammed because we haven't given them any, given them any money. Uh, when do we think to see the next trailer? Uh, Hassan has given no like updates as to when we see something next. There were, there was a lot of rumours this week that there was going to be a state of play on Thursday. But I think Sony would have announced that by now if that was going to be the case. Because they sometimes announce those on a Tuesday and do them on a Thursday. But it's 11pm for me right now and we haven't heard anything official. And we we usually hear about them before now. Uh, which would have been an interesting way to tie that into that because this is a PlayStation 5 exclusive thing at the moment. Um, but I I hope we hear about something in the next couple of weeks. It's hard to gauge sometimes as, in terms of if you're waiting for like an update for something, so like a cyberpunk patch or a trailer for Abandoned or something. Sometimes, because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes in either of those situations because neither of us work there. Uh, so it's a bit hard to gauge in terms of w- when we think that we should see something and when they're expecting to show something. But I I would like to see something in the next couple of weeks at a stretch for the next month or so. Um, but what do you, what's your answer to these questions? When when do you think we'll see the next like trailer or update for uh, Abandoned? Uh, within the next month. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things that because of everybody flipping out over it. They definitely want to get something out sooner rather than later. Um, Don't think it's a scam. I think it might at best just be a marketing attempt that didn't go the way they thought it would. Possibly, yeah. Past that, I I just don't know enough to really know if I should be caring or not. So, Mm, yeah. Um, I'll send you a couple of... I'll send you a uh, video for it it's just like a one minute or like a one minute thing where it's the app booting up and you can see like the menu that i was talking about so i'll send you that after we're done here Mm -hmm. um are you like frustrated by it that was the other part of the question no i mean i've never interacted with it so i don't have any reason to be frustrated with it okay so you you don't have like any investment basically so there's no No. reason for you to cool fair enough fair enough um yeah that's our answers to those questions uh laura says hey there Going off of your conversation last week about controllers, uh, my son really likes using the Joy-Cons, but the best one, I think, is the Xbox One controller. Uh, I'm going to go off the assumption that your son is quite young, either that or has smaller hands, because that's pretty much that's pretty much the audience that those Joy-Cons are tailored to, which is either children or people with smaller hands. Now, I'm a older person with smaller hands, but I guess adult sort of smaller hands, 
and my hands are still slightly too big for the Joy-Con. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna go off the assumption, if you don't mind, that uh, your son is maybe younger and has smaller hands, which again is kind of what the the age group that those controllers are uh, are for. Um, hopefully that he hasn't had any problems with um, the analog stick. Uh, drift let us know if that's been a problem because I, I did have that problem once actually with the switch joy cons and then it just kind of stopped a little bit so uh and the xbox one controller you think is the is the best one i'm going to assume you mean the day one like controller there's still the one that i've got the one with the original xbox one that's uh, a pretty good controller um i do use it pretty much every day uh, my only problem is that, that those wing buttons for the bumpers can be a little bit awkward but I've been using it since 2014 and I'm definitely used to it now. So, uh, what do you think of the comments here about Joy-Con and the Xbox One controller? Yeah, I mean, like I always said, with the uh, with the Joy-Con, I always knew is that's the demographic that it was designed for. It was designed for younger children. So I never had an issue with it not fitting my hands because that uh, that's just that. Um, I do like the durability in terms of it feeling like a more you know, physically, you know, solid, uh, project, um, than the plate, than the, any of the other controllers we talked about, um, past that. I mean, it's just one of those things that you just get used to it. So, mm. Mm. so down to preference where you want the analog sticks and, you know, where the buttons, well, not where the buttons are, but like how they're used and that kind of stuff. So, uh, cause I think the, what the one button, which is different on Switch, PS4, and Xbox is the X button. They're on different places on all three controllers, aren't they? So, mm-hmm. so with the with the PS4, it's on the bottom, Xbox, it's on the left, and then Switch, it's I think it's the one at the top. So, um, why do they do that, by the way? Why do they change, like, those buttons? A- any? I don't know for sure. If I had to guess. It would be some sort of copyright slash patent thing. Mm. Yeah. That that would make the most sense. Yeah, because you've also got the fact that X, B, uh, Y, and A are on Switch and Xbox, but then you've got the uh, well, the, the symbols I think they're called, uh, square, circle, triangle, X. Um, Which they they slowly constantly, you know, bangs on about that that's a cross, not an X. Hmm. I, th- I think it's an X, so not that it makes any difference to anything. But no. uh, what what do you think it is? X button. I I would go with X, but you know Sony says it's a cross. I mm. honestly uh, that falls under the whole uh, gift GIF thing. Mm. Yeah. So, um, I say GIF. By the way, what do you say? I I think I say GIF. I honestly my my <laughs> verbiage bounces between so many different things that. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, Harrison uh, says uh, I'm, ass- I'm assuming Matt isn't going to play be playing Call of Duty Vanguard. I'll try the campaign out, but probably not the multiplayer, and definitely not Warzone. Do you think Modern Warfare will return next year? Uh, hopefully. And what do you think of uh, others' predictions? This was the email that I was kind of referencing earlier. Others' predictions that Battlefield could outsell COD Vanguard. I mean, there's two different elements that ties to this. First of all, there's the whole you know. Uh, publicity around Activision Blizzard which does tie into Call of Duty uh, which could affect it I don't think that's going to have anywhere near as big of an effect as what people think Uh, like some people have said like oh everyone's going to like boycott Activision Blizzard games that's not going to happen to the degree that people think it's going to 
Uh, I mean, people said the same thing about EA and Ubisoft multiple times. But we still get Assassin's Creed games. We still get FIFA games. We still get Far Cry games. We still get Star Wars and uh, whatever games. So, it clearly hasn't done that much damage. Um, so, yeah. Um... But in terms of, I mean, because there's the other side as well, which is that people seem do people do seem to be more interested in Battlefield, especially the Call of Duty community, which I'm a part of. Um, and there seems to be on like the development side that things are just going a bit better with Battlefield than they are with uh, COD Vanguard. So, but I, I no, I still think COD Vanguard will sell more than Battlefield. Um, so yeah. Uh, what would you? Which one do you think will come out on the better side, and and why? Uh, I honestly, I think it's just going to be whichever whichever franchise has not had the re- most recent game. Like I don't know when the last Call of Duty and one when the last Battlefield one's been the longest will probably have the best sales, just because people aren't used to it as much. Mm, yeah, I just think in terms of COD. Like, there's been a bunch of stuff that has happened to the different games over the years, but they've always sold sold well, always, and they continue to sell well. Depend even if it's like Call of Duty Ghosts or Modern Warfare or World War Two or Advanced Warfare, Call of Duty pretty much always sells well. I think unless something really, really drastic happens, like the game releases in the same way that like a Fallout seventy six or a Cyberpunk does. Unless that sort of thing happens to COD, um, which usually, like on a technical level, like Call of Duty is always very, very good. Um, unless something really drastic like that happens, which again I don't see that happening, uh, that's the only thing that I think is going to really tank those games. I mean, if you think about like the beasts in the gaming industry, you got things like like you would think of GTA and Call of Duty, wouldn't you, as like. Some of the really, really big beasts that sell a lot of get, uh, copies. Things like Minecraft as well, obviously. Um, Fortnite's obviously different. That's free anyway. Um, would you kind of agree that like th- this thing's just too much of a big beast to just take down like that? Um, what, what do you think? Uh, I mean, technically nothing is too big. Um, really just depends on the game and if it's any good or not. Hmm. Yeah, I just think it would take, like, a big technical disaster on COD side for people to be like, whoa, this game is, like, really awful, um, and people start getting refunds or whatever, so, but I still think it will sell millions of copies anyway, um, so, uh, we shall see. I mean, you're right about, like, sure, there isn't something that is, um, like, impossible to tank, it's just that some things are a lot, lot, lot harder to, uh, get rid of so to speak so we shall see um i think battlefield will do a lot better than what it has done but i still just think that cod is gonna stand uh above that so we shall see anyway we shall see uh we'll find out this uh fall as you guys over there like to call it i think we call it autumn over here. so once once the two games are out we'll see uh what actually happens so there we go. And that's what we've got for you for this episode. Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, you can find all the other podcasts that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. So for TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts. And remember, we play our next game on Sunday at 2 o'clock against Southampton. Should be an easy game, but there's really no such thing as an easy game in the world, in football. You just never know what might happen. 
Um, so we shall see. But uh, it should go well. It should, but you never know. Uh, so look out for that um, later on as well. Uh, more Ted, La- Ted Lasso podcast this week. Monsters at Work. Walking Dead preview podcast. That kind of stuff. So uh, look out for uh, for all those as well um thanks very much for listening and yeah you can find all that that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org you can also find us as well on podcast platforms by searching for entertainment talk uh, if you like what you've heard or support more of what we do you can either like i said listen to more episodes on the website or through the podcast services uh you can either just uh let people know as well about what we do where they can find it so tell them about the different episodes the different podcasts that we do we've got a big range of uh topics that we cover and that kind of thing. So if you know anybody that's interested in that, just tell them. Or even if they're not, just tell them anyway. Uh, so you can do that. Uh, you can also, uh, of course, help us out across social media. Just share the episodes on different social media platforms. That kind of stuff that really helps us out as well. Um, so please do that if you can. Uh, for other paid options as well, you can also find us on the Patreon. There's the $1, $3 level tiers on there. That's for ad-free podcast and review options. That's if you want to do that. Uh, David's still posting TV and film news. Over on geektown.co.uk, you can also find Geektown Radio on your favourite podcast platform, so check it out there as well. There's a new episode available now, today's episode. Go and check that out after we're done here, and uh, get your latest TV and film news for all of that. Bex is still streaming daily pretty much over on Twitch, Tristabytes, Tristabytes, doing lots and lots of really, really good stuff over there. So go and give her a follow over on Twitch. You can also follow me on Twitch as well, UK over there obviously for cyberpunk mainly at the moment if you want to see my new supercar and that kind of stuff you can check that out as well Uh, and if you miss the archive streams my archive streams you can find them later on youtube entertainment talk plays thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time goodbye goodbye